Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five-star rate. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this. Hello, welcome to the Ghost of Harren Hall. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 100. I heard it that time. I heard the Ned Flanders. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm McKelly. (laughs) For episode 191 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin, today we'll be discussing chapter 47 of A Storm of Swords, that's Aria 9. And as always, we're going to chat about the chapter... We're going to try not to spoil any future plot points for you, and hopefully we're going to provide you some entertainment while we do all that. We'll summarise what happened, discuss our thoughts on it, provide some useful background, compare it to a television show, indulge in a little pedantry, and cover some relevant news and listener correspondence. Be sure to check out the show notes. They'll provide you some additional information about the characters and geography of this chapter. How are you, McKelly? I am doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know, um, you know, I often extemporise on that last bit of the intro. I often uh-huh. just go with whatever I feel like saying. I've heard several times on Discord recently that people say the whole intro along with us. Really? <laughs> so I feel I feel more and more obliged to stick to the script so that people don't get tripped up, you know. I did I missed that. Yes, now I feel the need to as always, we'll chat about the chapter and try exactly. not to spoil any future plot points for you. <laughs> Uh, well, it's really good that we are getting this recording in at this exact moment because this was like the one hour and a half long window that we have yeah, in the week. That's it's a tight up, which, week, this one for yes. sure. And unfortunately, we had to bump our uh, sustainer call back to next week because of it. But yeah, we're busy. My, my- my big thing is I'm going to a wedding in Philadelphia, city of brotherly love, as I believe it's uh-huh. known. That it is. And this is this is the wedding of uh, one of Carson's cousins, who, when I met her, was like three years old, and now she now oh, she's a doctor goodness. and getting married. So I feel like <laughs> I'm getting old, you know. Where did the time go? Because mm-hmm. you're still the same age. That's what doesn't make any sense. Quite good point. She's the one who, after she'd known me for. She'd known me for a, for a little while, but I mean, we didn't see her that often. We saw her at family events, but she'd met me before kind of thing. She turned to her mother and in that sort of like piercing whisper that only little kids can do, she said, why does he talk like that? <laughs> why does he talk so funny? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, little kids. Out of the mouths of babes, as they mm-hmm. say. <laughs> How's your little kid? Oh, she's getting bigger by the day. Uh, she's good. She's good. She is... It's a really busy week for her. That's part it's, of the uh, problem. It, yes, it's part of the reason why we had only this small window. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, she won uh, Student of the Year for theater. So okay, that's uh, that's pretty cool. It's a big well, school, a lot I, of kids involved. Sorry, I, I I hate to sound disappointed there, but but I, you'd led me to believe it was for the whole school. So now I just 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 it, when you hit me live, you you kind of undermined it slightly. I'm still impressed, but I sent uh, I sent a I took a picture of her with her little plaque. Yes, thing I saw that. Oh yes, I sent it to you. I sent it to my family as well, and my dad and older sister were like, "Wow, student of the year." And my sister was like, "That's all encompassing." And I was like, "Read, look a little closer at the at the plaque. Small print, <laughs> yes, <laughs> for theater." 
Yes, it's a it's a huge school. I'm not sure they could do just uh, one student for the. I I would have thought it would be practically impossible anyway. But I mean, if they, if they had to choose one, I would oh, assume right. it would be Molly. You know. <laughs> and then uh, so so she's off doing her uh, North Carolina theater training tonight, and then tomorrow she gets inducted into the International Thespian Society. So. She's a busy one, this one. I, I'd say, yes. That's, and then one's... a college tour, that which was the reason we couldn't record in the second half of the week. The we'll other be thing, gone yeah. on a college tour. Yeah. We're so. both out of town this weekend, but... Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That we are. So, my news, um, I I won my regular season soccer title. Hooray! I'll clap, and I'm not sure if the mic will pick it up or not. Good point, but, yes. Um, yep, uh, very pleased. In fact, we, we managed to win it without playing. Because <laughs> wow, that's how you want to do it, right there. Because <laughs> on Monday, well, there was one. The, the only team that could catch us had their makeup game on Monday, and they failed to win it, and that confirmed our championship. We can no longer oh. be caught. Okay. He, here's the bit I was going to tell you. In a statistical anomaly, there's a six. It's a six-team league. Six teams in the league. We uh-huh. so you play five other teams, but we play them twice, so we play ten games. Okay. Okay. You with me so far? I am. The math okay. adds up. Okay. I We've think. played nine games now. Everyone's played nine games. Okay. Uh-huh. And it's soccer. So it's three points for a win, one point for a tie, zero points for a loss. Okay. Right. With one game to play, n- n- every team is in the position that it will end the season in. No matter what the final round of results are, the rankings oh. cannot change. Wow. I know. It's it's a very strange thing. I was looking at it earlier and I was like, that is really strange. The gap is like four points, four points, three points, four points, three points. You know, it's it, now, so the three point ones, they could catch them up if they win and the other team loses, but the tiebreaker is held by the team with, that's already got them more points. Oh, so wouldn't so matter. It just doesn't so it matter. It doesn't matter. It right. literally doesn't matter what these wow. guys are. I've told my goalkeeper that he's playing up front for the final game. He's very excited. <laughs> Letting him out of his cage. Yeah. But I should tell the other team this thing that I've spotted because they can do the same thing, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You're finishing third, no matter what happens here. Or just let them run themselves ragged no, and true. Uh, true. see how it goes. No, but I'm, I'm very I'm very pleased. It's been a few. I haven't won since the pandemic. So I, I remember I've yeah. seen your trophy that uh, that you sat in your office for a year. Yeah, yeah, I need that back. But the, but that's not the, that's the uh, playoff trophy. The regular season trophy oh. is is not quite as impressive, unfortunately. Okay, but you so this year hopefully you'll come home with two trophies. Two trophies would be nice. I have done two trophies yes. before. I'm a little bit scared though because the second and third best teams are very close to us. I know it doesn't sound like they're that close to us given the points right. gaps, but in actual <laughs> fact, it's very tight. For instance, the game we still have to play is against the team in third. If they win it, they will only be. Uh, four points behind us and right on a different day they could definitely beat us well all of us on, on, in goh here will be pulling for well thank teams. you i appreciate that and that makes a difference i'm, I'm sure <laughs> i'm sure it does <laughs> well when you were mentioning your niece is it that uh was it your niece that's getting married carson's cousin so carson's cousin right my right, right. cousin-in-law and you mentioned that she uh, turned to someone or her mom or whatever and said, mm-hmm. why does Simon, why does that guy sound like that? It, it reminded me of, you know, I was visiting my mom a couple of weeks ago and she's um, down a, a care facility. She's got uh, pretty severe uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. And um, 
So I was up there. We were all sitting together in the rec room. And she turns to my aunt, her twin sister, and says, that man sitting there looks a lot like McKelly. And my my sister overhears her and goes, that is McKelly, mom. <laughs> and then uh, and then the next day when they uh, my aunt and my sister were leaving, I was going to stay with my mom for a little longer, my aunt and my sister were walking out and my aunt goes to my sister, I really like that man that that was there with us today. Okay. And she was like, that's McKelly, Tia. <laughs> so, so you know, apparently I look friendly and I look familiar, but, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, just yeah. can't quite place me. I mean, I mean it's, not, it's not even as bad as that. You actually look like yourself. It's just right. not quite enough to convince, apparently. Right, I guess so. So, uh, anyway. Well, we wish her all the best. Thank you, sir. Well... Let's get down to business. How did we leave Arya Stark? Last we saw of Arya, she and the Brotherhood Without Banners were camped atop High Heart, where they heard new, possibly prophetic dreams from the ghost of High Heart. Arya also heard of her father's rumoured tragic romance with Ashara Dane, and learned of Jon's supposed mother, Willa. Finally, Thoros of Mia saw a Lannister siege of Riverrun in the flames, and Beric Dondarrion called for a temporary halt to the journey to return Arya to her mother at Riverrun. When an upset Arya ran off to process her disappointment, Sandor Clegane grabbed her. Mikkeli, why don't we give the summary of this one? All right. So Arya and Sandor Clegane, a.k.a. the Hound, reach the banks of a swollen river. Arya assumes it's the Blackwater Rush, since she figures the Hound is taking her back to the Lannisters at King's Landing. The Hound sees no way across without a bridge or ferry. Luckily, there's a ferry at Lord Haraway's town not too far away. Arya has not been the most accommodating of captives for the Hound. He has given her plenty of warnings in their short time together. Next time you hit me, next time you try to run off, next time you scream or shout, next time you mention Micah. But Arya is nothing if not persistent. She's tried all of it and more, but all she's gotten in reward is wrapped and bound in a blanket at night. He hasn't actually hurt her, though. Well, that's something. Arya's been hoping that the Brotherhood Without Banners would find and rescue her, but so far there's been no sign of them. When they arrive at Haraway's town, they find it flooded. A forest of chimneys protrude from the water along with two-thirds of a stone tower. Arya sees signs of existence in the tower, and a boat is tied up below a window. The Hound shouts to the tower, and men spill into view. They demand three golden dragons to take Arya and the Hound across. The Hound agrees, using Knight's Honor as his collateral. Arya is pretty sure he does not have that kind of money, but does not speak up. The ride across the river is a wild one. They narrowly escape a collision with a huge tree floating down river. However, they lose a man overboard in the process. Arya had thought about jumping, figuring drowning would be better than King's Landing, but seeing the man disappear under the water changes her mind. When they arrive on the far bank, the Hound gives the ferryman the paper IOU he received from Beric Dondarrion when they stripped him of his gold. Uh, real quick time out here. I, I saw on the Discord server that there was some confusion with the term IOU. It's, 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 it's not universally known. It's, um, right. I did not realize that. Yeah. We are literally saying I-O-U. I-O-W-E-Y-O-U. Yes. I owe you. Like I owe you something. Yes. But but in, in written English it's often contracted to just the three letters I owe U. Right. But it means the same thing, yes. Yes. So hope that dispels the confusion there. 
Anyway, uh, he also informs the man that knights have no honor, which he informs everybody that will listen. Except when he's once a fairy, then he right. then, <laughs> then he'll yes. defend the knights. <laughs> he figures that this trick will prevent the ferryman from taking paper promises of gold from any future patrons, particularly the Brotherhood Without Banners. That evening, the Hound tells Arya that if she escaped, she'd just get caught by someone worse, to which she replies that there is no one worse. He says she never met his brother. She surprises him by saying that she has, and gives a quick rundown of their march to Harrenhal. The Hound finds this hilarious. Gregor had her and had no idea. He plans to tell Gregor right before he cuts Gregor's heart out. Arya is confused. They're brothers. Why would he want to kill Gregor? When the Hound conjectures that maybe Arya wants to kill Sansa, Arya says that she wants to kill him. He points out that maybe he is a monster for killing Micah, but he also saved Sansa's life during the riot. He asks Arya where she thinks they're going. She says King's Landing, but realises she's wrong. He's done with the Lannisters. They're going to the twins to ransom her to her mother. He figures he'll get gold, a lordship, and enter into the service of her brother King Rob, if Rob's smart. Arya thinks Rob will never take him. The Hound's fine with that too. Then he'll just take the mound of gold and be on his way. Either way, he, the Hound, wins, and so does Arya. So she needs to quit being difficult. If she cooperates, maybe they'll even make it to the twins in time for her uncle's bloody wedding. How was that? What did you think? <laughs> Why did that you was do my that? hound voice? Oh, I see. <laughs> that was my hound voice. <laughs> I thought you just got something in your throat. I was like, <laughs> uh, did I have enough of an accent? I don't know if I had enough. Of uh, an no, it was, it was it good. It was fine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so um, so it's it's a challenging chapter for us because very little happens other than Arya gets clued into that which we'd already figured out. Right. Because Arya was the only character who didn't know that the Hound had no intention of going back to King's Landing. Right. And yeah. and of course, if if she'd just been captured in good weather, she would have noticed that they were heading in the wrong direction the whole time. Right. But it rained constantly. It did, yes. That's true. Uh, yeah, Arya's, she is way out in front in the POV race here in this book. I will say, if you give her little tiddly chapters like this where nothing happens, yeah, you can keep her out in front, you know. Got a lot of those in this book with Arya. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, this is Arya 9. Jamie is second at 6. And then Kat, Tyrion, and John are all tied at 5 POV chapters, that is. That's really amazing. Because... She's way out there. I mean... Obviously, they're all important to the whole story. I mean, it goes without saying, you know, they're POV characters, but that she's had so much more important things to. I'm really stunned by that, McKelly. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm, I'm glad our show can uh, provide this kind of information for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so where, it's so, so where the, are the they? Fact, oh, uh so okay, so Lord Haraway's town has not been specifically defined, but George Martin has given some clues and mentioned some things that give us an idea of where it is. It's just up river from the Ruby Ford, which is kind of near where the King's Road and Ross's the Trident. Right, yeah, across the Trident. Yeah. 
So is it on the trident? Yes. So that's the thing. Um, First of all, when the Hound mentions that the Fords are are certainly washed out because of this, uh, you know, how swollen the river is, it's possible he could be talking about the Ruby Ford. Because my first thought was, why would they need to cross the river if they're this close to the King's Road? Just go to the King's Road and cross the river there. But possibly that's washed out and you can't get across the river from the Two things about that. One is, in a flood, the ford is still the shallowest part of the river to cross, I would think. Right, right. And secondly... It just might be too deep to get your horse across it. True, but it's still going to be shallower than not the ford. Not the ford was already (laughs) deep before the flood, you know. (laughs) Right. Um, The other thing is, he might be trying to avoid the King's Road because he is a fugitive and he has he is and that is a logical thought except for at the end of the chapter he says you know just up here we're going to hit the king's road and then we'll fly up to the twins maybe he figures once he's crossed the river then he's into stark territory and he's in less danger i guess yeah except for if if starks come across him with uh princess aria they might not believe his story that no 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 i'm on an altruistic <laughs> mission here <laughs> but at least oh. you you'd expect to be at least be taken as prisoner to rob at that point yes. right. whereas if he gets right. caught this side of the river it might be uh vargo hote or his own brother representative oh his brother yes <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but he'll get a real real soon chance to tell that story about <laughs> yeah about his uh him having aria anyway so Yes, they are. Uh, Lord Haraway's town is just upriver from the Ruby Ford, but southeast of the confluence of the red, blue, and green forks. Okay, so so just give me the geography here. The the three rivers come together fairly much in one point. The, the yes. red, blue, and green, but that's right. not where the ford is. The ford is further downriver on the Trident. Right, as okay. is Lord Haraway's town. So right. they're crossing the full Trident. Right, which is. Which is very useful, you would think. I mean, so so basically, it's a lot easier to cross the three rivers once they've joined than before they've joined, because you only have to cross one. Yes, and that confused me at first, because they crossed one river, and then Sandor was like, okay, the King's Road is just up just up this way a bit. And I thought, well, if you just cross the Red Fork, right. then you still got to cross the Blue Fork, then you got to cross the Green Fork. So... That I just reading that I had an idea that they were already south of the confluence. Beautiful. And as I'm from Pittsburgh, confluence just rolls off my tongue so easily. Because Pittsburgh is at the confluence of rivers. Yes. Yes. The it's... Allegheny, the Monongahela, and they make the Ohio. So, so when they when they meet, which is right uh-huh. in the heart of Pittsburgh, that's where the Ohio River starts. Yes. Oh, how interesting! Because often when rivers merge, they they keep one of the names the sort of the more right. major river gets to you know be the boss like the tumblestone in the red fork exactly very true uh-huh. but no but but pittsburgh so that's why you call that's why the stadium was called three rivers because there were right three different rivers interesting yes um so yes yeah, so that in order to get across the river the hound uh pretends that he's going to use his knight's honor to pay them and you've put in the notes hypocritical question mark and i'm like if we're going to focus on the hound's uh sins i think hypocrisy is way <laughs> down on the list just <laughs> no you're right except for that he 
he talks about how knights have no honor, but then <laughs> used that to his advantage oh, yeah. when it suited him. Oh, and, yeah. Of and uh, back in Aria 7, when they were in that uh, that big cave when he fought Beric Dondarrion, and he was arguing with the Brotherhood, he says, "What well, I'm just like you, except I don't lie about what I am. Right. <laughs> except for when it's convenient. <laughs> he's not a knight, yeah? He He's never been knighted, has he? No, but he said... Uh, <laughs> Basically, my collateral will be is uh, knight's honor. Yes, yes, yes. As if he were a knight. So not only was he hypocritical, he was somewhat dishonest as well. He was, right. That's what I mean. He said, I don't lie about who I am. Unless I really need to get across a very uh, heavy running river. That, that, but, uh, that incident, actually, where the ferryman comes across and sort of like he, he – I think he literally says, you either get steel on the south bank or gold on the north bank – is the one part that I'm going to bring up in pedantry. Uh-huh. Okay. Because I look uh, forward to this. it doesn't quite gel for me. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. Uh, now, I will say, um, it's been raining a lot. Yes. It it uh I I went back and looked. It, it feels like a major thematic element that has persisted over the past few chapters, this ever-present rain. Mm-hmm. So particularly I, in the Riverlands, going, right? Yes, 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 exactly. So I started going back and looking and since returning from Essos and Danny Ford because they're probably in a slightly different weather pattern. Uh, it's oh, Slaver's okay. Bay than mm-hmm. than West, Westeros. Unless this is uh, like or, Lilliput, everyone's really tiny. They're all under one cloud, <laughs> right? Uh, so back in Aria Eight, that's the Ghosts of High Heart chapter. Remember that some of them got sick because it started storming on them, right? And then uh, Jamie Six, that was the one where he went back and rescued Brienne yeah, from right. Harrenhal. Uh, no rain, but he describes the sky as threatening rain, right? So, must have been a break between storms. Cat 5, you remember, the march to the Twins was non-stop rain. Right, and bridges had been washed away. Yes, and same as situation as this. Sam 3, north of the wall, no rain, but kind of a different location. Yeah, that's so. pretty far north, yeah. yeah so- and then we've got Aria 9 here, where it's uh, raining and flooding, just like Cat 5. But if we go back even further than Danny 4, we get... Bran 3 and John 5, which are the back-to-back chapters at Queen's Crown, and both take place in that same storm. Yeah, but, so, but uh, that, I think, is definitely too far north to affect the Riverlands. But but one thing about this part of the Riverlands, because we've got the confluence of these three rivers coming down from the hills, if it rains yes. hard for a long time up in those hills, hard enough to wash away the bridges over those three rivers, when they confluence, there's going to be an awful lot of water. Absolutely. They, yes. She said when they got to the river, it was a mile wide, which is yeah, amazing. Right. Actually, I once read a book. I think it was called, I think it was by Bill Bryson, who's a writer that I like very much. It was called 1927, uh-huh. I think. And the 
uh, what's the big river? Mississippi. The Mississippi flooded its banks that year because of a lot of rain. And it flooded an area the size of Scotland. Wow. I know, that's right? That's impressive. I, I, <laughs> when I read that, I was like, this must be a typo. I mean, that's a country, a whole country's <laughs> worth of flooding from one river. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. It feels like Martin is setting a mood here with the frequent rain. Uh, and of course, it's especially challenging for those in the Riverlands. Yeah. And um, I saw online someone suggest that the rain is the rain in this book is actually the Storm of Swords of the book title. Here's how the theory goes. The previous book titles were pretty clear references to what was going to happen in the books. You know, Game of Thrones, much involving jockeying to sit the Iron Throne, and a lot of Game of Thrones being played in King's Landing. Keep going. Uh, Clash of Kings, the emergence of five kings in the realm, pretty pretty clear there. but so far in A Storm of Swords, there have been not all that much in the way of battles where there would be huh. a Storm of Swords, uh, you know, as you might expect from the title. And in this chapter, we get the description of rain falling from black iron sky, pricking the green brown torrent with 10,000 swords. Right, right. Which would be a Storm of Swords. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so. I, I didn't know if you'd noticed that it was mentioned in this chapter, but I was going to say it. So I think he's he's literally... That's what made me go looking for it. Yeah, he's go literally referring to the fact that as the water splashes, it forms like a, a vertical column of water for the, from yes. the splash. And so it would right. look a little bit like swords piercing the water. Very, very poetic and nice, but also uh-huh. uh, that is interesting because it, it has been a little battle shy, this storm of swords. Yeah, mm. right. The Storm of Swords, exactly. Now, there's still a ways to go in the book, so time for yeah. more swords to be stormed. But yes, yeah. at this point, I I could see a bit what the person was getting at with yeah, the, yeah. the yeah. rain being the Storm of Swords. So, and, and speaking of rain, can I just say these poor people of Lord Haraway's town? I mean, if, if the fighting and destruction in the Riverlands wasn't bad enough, now their whole town has been flooded by the uh, river flooding its banks I mean that's they've had it pretty rough uh, in a place where everybody's had it pretty rough right and and just compound that with the fact that they just got uh you know they just carried someone across lost a man was swept two right. miles downstream and got nothing for it and got nothing right <laughs> i i was i was feeling for them because the hound says that there's they're stuck over there at least for the night so They've wasted a whole day, lost a person, and now they got to get back across the river. And they're already two miles downstream, so they've got to get two miles back upstream. One less guy rowing. Right. So uh, it's a mess. I I really felt for them. Yeah. Uh, But one thing I will say, the Hound wasn't totally daft to do this because by giving them the IOU, uh, the piece of paper that agrees to the debt, (laughs) He's annoyed them, but he's also taught them the value of an IOU, which is nothing at all, especially <laughs> when it comes from someone like the Hound. And that will mean that what the Brotherhood, who've also given away all their gold, when I say their gold, I mean Sandor Clegane's gold, um, <laughs> the, they can only make promises too, and the ferryman is not going to be very interested in that. So that's that's quite clever 
planning on the hands part. It is. I agree. There's there's one little possible wrinkle in his you plan. It, it's that the Brotherhood without banners consists of many Riverlands people. So possibly some of them are from Haraway's town, right? And could convince once the ferry gets back across, convince them. No, we need you to take us over. We're trying to that, rescue. Yeah, and also girl. you could say, have you carried across a burnt guy, horse, and girl? And they would be like, uh-huh. They owe us yes. nine golden crowns. And they <laughs> said, well, we can't pay you either, but we're going to go and get those guys. Right. We'll, we'll carry get you it across. For you. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just say that uh, the Hound mentions that the, uh, the IOU is for 9,000 gold dragons. He won 40,000 gold dragons at the Hands Tourney, so he's he's been spending. I don't know how you I don't know you carry that stuff. I mean, that stuff weighs a Right. Ton. He, he maybe he couldn't carry all yeah. 40,000, but well, who leaves gold behind, you know? I mean, you find a way, I would think, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Stranger might be annoyed that yeah. he's <laughs> laden down with all this gold. <laughs> But there's there's one speak you were talking earlier about of uh, kind of a nifty writing style of Martin using the um you know the yeah. the little spears that the rain makes I, there was a little there was a writing style in this chapter that I I picked up on that I thought was pretty neat I don't know if that's the right word that's the right word, word or not to use for I know right <laughs> <laughs> that I liked I liked it he he mentions. He uses description that also fits with a dog. Like Arya, when she's looking at the river, she says, she thinks to herself that there was a sound at the edge of hearing, uh, a sound like a dog makes just before he growls. Of course, she's riding with the Clegane. And then when the hound is laughing at the fact that uh, Gregor had her and didn't realize it Mm -hmm. and lost her, she describes his laugh as, Part rumble, part snarl, uh-huh. which are kind of things that a, a dog would do as well. So I just thought, I picked up on it. I thought I thought it was uh, well done, very yeah. slyly thrown in there. Yeah. So the relationship between the two of them sort of grows a little bit over the chapter. I mean, it's not very strong yet, but Arya, I mean, I he mentions gagging her in this chapter and I actually mentioned it in the last chapter that it might be a prudent idea to gag her. (laughs) And she's quickly learned that there's nothing to be gained. She can't physically defeat him. The horse won't let her steal the horse. Right. Um, And so she's just making the best of it. Of course, all this time, she doesn't know the obvious thing that everybody else knew, which is that he's taking her back to his family, to her family. That's he's doing what she wants to do, which is kind of strange that he didn't bother to tell her that because she might have become compliant from the get go. Had she known? Yeah. Like when they were looking at the river and he, she says, is that the Blackwater rush? He says, it's a river we need to cross. That's That's all you need need to know. know. Yeah. He, he could have said, if you want to get back to your family, we got to figure yes. out how to cross yeah. that river. You know, that was a great opportunity right there. Yeah. So some of the ways that he tries to endear himself to Arya include telling her about how he never hurt Sansa and indeed that he saved her, uh, which, right. I mean, it makes a certain amount of sense, but he doesn't realize, he doesn't realize that the early part of the chapter, Arya's antipathy towards 
Sansa. By later on in the chapter, he's kind of guessed at it, though, a little bit. When he talks about wanting to kill Gregor, he says something like, you didn't have a brother you wanted to kill. And then he sees the look in her eye and he goes, oh, but you had a sister you wanted to kill. I see. (laughs) I don't know that he was seeing her wishing to kill Sansa. I think maybe... Maybe he saw her thinking about how, at times, she wished Sansa didn't exist. Right. Because Sansa's done some hurtful things. Yes. I'm um, not actually comparing her feelings towards Sansa to uh, right. his no, feelings no. towards Gregor. No. I, mean, I think he he is seeing whatever look as that possibly Arya in the past having wanted to uh, kill Sansa. But possibly that's just him projecting his own experience and family dynamic on that look. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. You know. And uh, he, he should know that it's that his family dynamic is always an extrapolation of everybody else's, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> There've been times I've been mad at my brother, but I've never been Sandor and Gregor Clegane levels, you <laughs> <Right>. know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just back in Aria 7, that's the one in the in the cave. She was mad. She was uh, like furious or whatever at Sansa all over again when the Hound said that Sansa backed the story of Micah attacking Prince Joffrey. That was just a couple chapters ago. She was mad at her all over again. So and that caused her Sansa's lie caused Micah's death, Lady's death, and Nymeria being run off. So uh, I'm sure she's been irked with her, but uh, I don't think she actually wants her dead yeah so uh, the hand makes an interesting point that sansa could never look at him because of his burns but Arya doesn't have any problem with that which is which is an interesting comparison i think uh-huh. I, I i think there's an age when kids love to stare at deformity you know and Arya is a bit younger than sansa but sansa is also True. very delicate and i think that's the sort of right. main difference here but then also yes, there's the sort of like i was thinking yeah the overlay on this of course is that all the things that Arya's seen has meant that you know not yes. only is she less sensitive than Sansa to begin with by nature, but she, now she's completely desensitized to anything like that by what she's seen. Yes, I had that same thought. Is you know, you, it's a it's a good uh, example of the differences between the two sisters. Yeah. Um, but Arya has been through war. Yeah, she has actually seen war. So looking at the Hound's face is small potatoes compared to the other things she's seen, unlike Sansa, who's who's had her. I think this is a, a pretty good example of how each girl is better suited for the journey that they're on than yeah. for the other one's journey. Because as we've said before, either might not survive the other's yeah. journey. I, I was actually just going to sort of like re-raise that point, actually, that I wonder, because because obviously they have these intrinsic differences. And you're absolutely right. The stories that they're on kind of exacerbate those differences. And if they were switched, if Arya was captive in the tower like a princess and Sansa was forced to live rough in the fields, I wonder, it would be an interesting, interestingly different story. Yes, there would be a lot would... more whining and moaning and a lot, lot less getting <laughs> things done, I feel. But would she learn to adapt? You know, she's a smart girl. Yeah. I think she might... But would either of them? I mean, adapt. both of them would have to adapt. Arya would have to sort yes. of like... Yes, learn to hold her tongue right? at yeah. times. 
and sing the song well, that they want her to sing. She she is holding her tongue at the moment because she's realized that I mean because he's threatened her enough about the things she's saying, so he's right. And and that's most clearly shown when she's on the boat because several times on the boat she thinks about saying he's got no money, but the beatdown yeah. she would receive for saying that <laughs> is uh, keeps her quiet. Right. She's she's learning her lesson. Uh, probably every night being wrapped in a blanket and bound is, uh, you know, she's got a lot of time to think about. Maybe I should stay quiet sometimes. Again, the the weird thing about it all is that is that he could just solve it, save himself a lot of aggravation if you just tell her what he's planning to do. Because yes. it's not it's not unreasonable. She does not know his backstory since he la- she last saw him about his leaving King's Landing. Right. That she would think he's still on the Lannister payroll, and so therefore the worst person for it to be captive by. Yeah, you know, so I wondered about that too. So that's why I went back and read through Arya 7 when he was explaining himself to the Brotherhood without banners. And the only thing he says that would that that fits this discussion that we're that you just raised, the point you just raised right there, is they say is something about him being uh, a Lannister supporter. And he says, once. And then he goes on to hmm. talk about knights and you guys are just as bad as me and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but easily if missed. she wasn't paying close right. enough attention, she might have missed him saying once. Yeah. So, And even if she'd heard but, it, uh, she might not understand, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But so he makes a point of mentioning that he never harmed Sansa when he was with her in King's Landing in the Red Keep. And I wondered if he just wanted it known that he never harmed Sansa because he says, I never harmed, I never beat Sansa, but I'll beat you (laughs) if you don't (laughs) knock it off. So, uh, or is he wanting Arya to know there's a precedence to be treated well enough if she just stops trying to kill him? Yeah, I think there's a third strand to it, which is he is interested in working for the Starks. Like he says Uh at the end, he would love a chance to face his brother on opposite sides of a battle, you know. Right. Uh, And Arya's making a case for him when they get there would help. And if he can convince her that she didn't, he didn't harm Arya and he didn't harm Sansa either, would certainly go a long way. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And I just point out that Arya left King's Landing well before the regular beatings of Sansa began. So she wouldn't fully understand what he meant by, I never beat your sister. Uh, You know, she wasn't there to see the beatings by everyone else and how he restrained himself from that. She does know that bad things befell the Starks. Yes, she was there for the... The sack of the yeah. tower of and so the hand. Knowing that someone who she knew to be a brutal monster was not brutalizing her sister, you know, that might or at least hearing it from him. Yeah. Hmm. He, she he he acts like Arya's hatred and accusations toward him don't bother him, but he does point out the good things he's done too, which goes to your point that maybe he's trying to build the you case. Know, Yes, exactly. You know, he he mentions saving Sansa, that he never beat Sansa. He wants her to stop saying Micah's name, possibly because it's getting on his nerves, but also maybe there's feelings of guilt and shame internally 
that he hides beneath that rough, angry exterior. So yeah, and and the the slight problem he has there is that everybody else who he's talked to when he when when Micah came up in front of the Brotherhood without banners, he made the case that he you know he was doing what he was told to do. But Arya called him up on that and said, "No, you didn't have to kill him. You chose to do that. That was on you." Right. And so it's he does feel some guilt about that in a in a diff, with a different audience he can get rid of that guilt by saying i was just following orders but aria knows the difference and so it's just a constant yeah. annoyance to him that she's there talking about the one crime that he can't wash away yeah and you know no one else within the brotherhood without banners well actually probably some do know how much of a liar joffrey is you know what what joffrey is like as a person to know that if he says something happened that doesn't necessarily mean that it did so maybe you shouldn't kill the the young boy you know just because joffrey said he attacked me true but at the same time even if even if you know that if 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 your king or prince at the time gives you a command right Right. I, i guess we don't know if the command was kill him or capture him we'll be right back This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook, or two if you're an Amazon Prime member, go to our exclusive URL, audibletrial.com slash ghostsherrenhall. You can find the link in our show notes. Arya says that the Hound is the worst, but um, she does herself backtrack on that a little bit when she remembers what uh, the Hound's brother, the Mountain, was like. Uh, and Hall is henchman. Yes. <laughs> um, and this, of course, leads to the moment of great hilarity for Sandor when he discovers that Arya fell into the hands of his brother, who could have made, you know, a huge impact on the wall if he'd just been aware of what he had. But he right. never was, never did. And and it's not his fault. He never met he's never met Arya. I don't think. Oh, true. Right. Yeah, no, I no, she wasn't at the the hands torny, just Sansa was, and so they might have been at a dinner together. Oh no, yes, he was there I for the torny, wasn't he? That's true. So, yeah, they might have seen each other, but I mean, I totally understand why he didn't know because she was completely playing it that she wasn't yes. who she was. You find some random what you think is a little boy, exactly. you know, in the Riverlands. Yeah. It's hard to imagine. Oh, this could be. Princess Arya Stark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, definitely, uh, Gregor is the worst Clegane. I mean, she even thinks, actually, Gregor is probably yeah. worse now that I think about it. And all his cronies. But, but I do think that uh, Sandor is missing a, a trick here because he wants to tell Gregor this just before he kills him. But I think you really want to let that sink in for a while because <laughs> right. on the surface, it might be like, yeah, big deal. And then you'd be like, oh, wait, though. If I, oh, yeah. <sighs> just give me a minute here. I could, yeah. <laughs> I could have been made Hand of the King or exactly. something. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out that Arya was wrong, not being taken to King's Landing, but to the twins. Um, we expected this. It was the only thing that made any sense. Uh, we you know he wants to ransom her the brotherhood without banners took all of his gold and they were planning to ransom her so he's just latched yeah. onto the same plan is it a little dangerous of the brotherhood without banner to take all of his 
worth uh you know worldly possessions basically making him a, a a broken man you know that that's it's part of the problem in the riverlands right now as it is is there's all these broken men that have nothing to live for uh, armed yes yeah. right so is a little you know maybe they could have taken most of I it, think we said that at the time it. I think we said that at the time it was it was dangerous because you've thrown him out there with nothing nothing to lose it's like right. it's not the yes. best decision like you say maybe no. maybe take 80% of it and let him go on his way right yeah uh, so is there a is there a way we could imagine that the hound could have done what we wouldn't have expected and taken Arya back to King's Landing. It's awfully hard for him to show back up in King's Landing after abandoning his role as a member of the Kingsguard and leaving during the battle. But if he shows up with Arya Stark as an apology gift, might mend some fences. But I don't think he wants to. I mean, that's the thing. I think think he was revolted by Joffrey like the rest of us are. And uh-huh. of course, yeah. he his cowardliness was apparent there for everybody. So he's going to be hard to look them in the eye again. But I would say, take one step back from that. What if his appearance in the Riverlands was all a plan to bring her back? That's the thing. The Brotherhood and Arya don't know right. that that he wasn't right. there looking for her to take her back. He, like you said, all he said was once about his relationship right. with the Lannisters, he there's not enough to for them to not think that that was a possibility. Yeah, and even for we, us readers... We knew. Well, we did know. We had a pretty good inkling, but we never got a really good answer about why he left King's well, we Landing. Well, we knew he was not going to the Riverlands to search for Arya Stark to bring her back. That's true. Yes, we definitely knew that. Yeah. Yes. So it, he he mentions to... Arya, that, uh, you know, he's kind of hoping that he will not only be given a lordship and gold by Rob, that he'll be taken into the service by, uh, by take, be taken into Rob's ser- the service of Rob. I don't know. However you say, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to know what you mean when you get it right. <laughs> into Rob's service. Yes. Yeah. Right? That's what you want to say. Into yeah, Rob's service. That's there we go. Say, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, you know, at first it seems a bit outlandish, like the Hound in Rob's service. But, you know, we've seen the Westerlings and the Spicers join Rob's cause, and they're a former Lannister bannerman. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and and the Micah murder isn't a good look, but it's small potatoes, you know. And no one else but Arya was there for that. You know, Rob wasn't there. Cat wasn't there. Right. So... It would just be kind of a he said, she said thing. And if if he's right, if if Rob is really looking at it clearly, the hound could be a good asset. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's he's a fearsome fighter with a very big weakness. Just if I was fighting <laughs> the uh, the hound, I would be carrying a flaming brand every time. Uh, yeah. I think Jenny mentioned that on the Discord server one time. It's awfully hard to live in the world that mm. they live in when you're afraid of fire because so much is made with fire. Yeah. He tries to make a fire to to help Arya, yeah. you know, because she's sick. He tries to make her a fire. He can't. He kicks the thing and says, I hate fire. Right. He, even the absence of fire, I hate. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I mean, so there we are. We're looking forward to a big reunion of the twins. And it is what weddings are for. I'm going to a wedding myself this weekend. 
That's know? right. Uh, yeah. One more party of two headed for the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Aria plus one. <laughs> Hopefully they uh, RSVP early or else they might get stuck with the vegetarian option for the reception. <laughs> I do wonder, actually, <laughs> if the King's Road actually might be busy with traffic heading that way, you know. And so it might be possible to... You know, it might not be quite so lawless. You know, they might have guards along there to make sure that the wedding goers maybe. are unmolested, you know. Oh, maybe. Yeah. You know what else? As you mentioned, fellow passengers along the King's Road, uh, Riz Bolton left Harrenhal for the King's Road, and they are north and just a tiniest bit east of Harrenhal. So it's possible they could run into Ruth yeah, and his force. Just just by time, I feel like they're behind. But like you said, the, the Harrenhal was a bit further away. So, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. It, it seems like everyone in King Rob's storyline is headed for a reunion at the Twins for this wedding. You know, Arya is in her own storyline, but, you know, she's making for a, a reunion there, too. But we know Ruth Bolton is headed there and... The Tullys and the Starks are all headed there, and now Arya's headed there, so uh, could be a big guess, old reunion. You I guess Walder Frey. You know how much I love reunions. Oh, yeah, right. The Freys will yeah. be there. It's their their home, so you know how much I love reunions. Yes. So, uh, uh, no Lysa Tully, though, presumably. Oh, true. And, you know, it's not often that POVs interact. Mostly, the closest we get is Sansa and Tyrion. They interact a good bit. Oh, yeah, that's true. Otherwise, we... We don't get a lot of overlapping. And John and Sam. No, POVs. since Samuel became a character, he hasn't seen John, has he? Since he became a POV, right? Yeah, uh, so that's why they become happens, POVs to give us that the view into yes. a story we wouldn't see. Yeah. All right, you got some background for us. I do. So the Hound tells Arya they'll cross the river at Lord Haraway's town, where Lord Root stables Old King Andahar's two-headed water horse, which. Very much piques Arya's interest, but she knows better than to ask. She's never seen a two-headed horse, and she's never seen a horse that can run on water. She'd really like to ask him about it, but she knows better. Exactly. She has learned not to talk to Sander. But I will say, so, actually, it was pretty obvious, I thought, the, but it was going to be a boat with like a horse head at either right. end, but, you know. Well, I'll fill you all in on what I can of... Um, of his sentence there. So uh, House Root of Lord Haraway's town is a noble house whose seat is in Haraway, obviously here in the Riverlands. Someday I'll explain why the Haraways aren't the lords of their namesake town, but for now we're going to focus on the Roots. Uh, it's believed no, that so wait, House so wait, Sigil... the house, the, 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 the leading house of Lord Haraway's town is the Roots. Yes. Oh, interesting. Not the Haraways. Yeah. There's a reason right. for that. We'll, I look we'll forward get to, to that it too. Some, someday. Uh, it's believed that House Root Sigil is a two-headed brown horse on a wavy two-toned, lighter green, darker green background. Like water? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Green water, yeah. green flowing water, gotcha. yeah. Uh, now, Old King Andahar was likely a river king who once ruled in this area. It's thought that the Roots might have taken their sigil from King Andahar since, as you mentioned, the ferry boat is known as the king's two-headed water horse, and it has horse heads on each side. We've heard of House Root once before in this book, when the Brotherhood Without Banner were listing those killed by the Hound, I'll put in quotations, which are actually just anybody that was killed by a, anybody. A, someone on the Lannister mm -hmm. side, yeah. Uh, 
Sir Andre Charlton and his squire Lucas Root were mentioned. And there's also a famous Root from history. Sir Richard Root was one of the first Knights of the Kingsguard when the order was founded in 10 AC. He was famed for his prowess with sword and shield, as well as his devotion to his king, King Aegon the Conqueror. Interesting. I, I, I'd not really thought about the first king's guard, but yeah, they must have really existed. And uh-huh. I, I wonder, actually, when, when Aegon the Conqueror is the king, it must feel like, as the king's guard, you're like, wow. It's like being Muhammad Ali's bodyguard, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're Muhammad Ali. What do you need me for? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually uh, Aegon's sister wife, Visenya's idea ah, to surround him with, uh, you know, a bodyguard. Perhaps yeah, give us some background on that bodyguard. one day if you haven't already. I, I think I did ages <laughs> ago, but I'm sure I will again when uh, when the chance arises. All right, so comparison with the television show, the interaction between the duo, and by the duo I of course mean uh, Arya and the Hound, is kept, but the rain and the river crossing are dropped. There's lovely sunshine when they reach the river, and Arya, having now heard about the rescue of Sansa by uh, the Hound, is beginning to doubt her preconceptions. Given the nice weather, I think she should really have noticed that they weren't heading south. Because uh-huh. one of the advantages of think? this weather pattern was that she could be in the dark about which direction they were going. Right. Uh, the boat, the river crossing is dropped. Uh, they they arrive at the river, and the next time you see them, they're across the river. There are no explanation how they got there. But there was no rain, so it wasn't swollen, so it wouldn't have been that hard. You know. Right. The ford might have still been very usable. Pedantry. So the, I, I alluded to the pedantry I've got. If if a guy threatens you with a sword on the south bank, but promises you gold on the north bank, he's still going to have that sword. <laughs> and right. you were too afraid to do anything about it on the south bank what makes you think he's going to come up with the goods on the north bank yes that's true it's a character decision it so, is a character you know, decision but but here's a character decision for you okay if you're the captain of that boat stop 10 feet from the shore and say show me your gold <laughs> right show me your gold or we're staying exactly <laughs> we're going to backpedal you can wave your sword all you want we'll be over here in the boat yeah so and also the other thing about the captain of the boat was he was the uh they noticed that a lot of the crew looked very much like him like they were brethren so the guy who drowned was perhaps a relative they didn't really think about him very much sort of maybe he was one of the non-relatives and they just don't care about those guys but nobody (laughs) nobody bat an eyelid when he went over the side right they they um, asked for three extra, three extra gold, gold dragons. dragons yeah. That was yeah. it. <laughs> they didn't even say for my cousin right. <laughs> or brother who I lost, just for the man that I lost. It's pretty cold. Uh, do you have some news and notes? Oh, we do have some news and notes. Uh, so there's a new way for you, well, not you, Simon, but you, the listener, to contribute to our cause if you're interested. If you if you are not interested in our Buy Me a Coffee perks but want to support our efforts... You can now make donations right through our website. Just pick the amount you're comfortable with and go from there. Uh, Just be aware that it's not buy me a coffee, so it is purely a donation um, for which we are forever grateful. Uh, The link is in the show notes. Um, And our buy me a coffee sustainer chat uh, is going to be, it's the day that this episode goes live, right? Goes live to the public, yes. Perfect. 
to our our non-sustainers. We'll look forward yeah. to that. I hope you can all join us. We are. We apologize that we had to uh, to push it back a week. But, uh, I hope that didn't negatively impact too many of them. We, we, we can't really ask any of all stones to stand in for that. <laughs> <laughs> we could try. Okay. She'd do a great job, I'm sure. Oh, you've got a review. All yours. We do have a review. Well, so this is from Abby ACH10 from Apple Podcasts. And the subject is awesome podcast, exclamation yeah. point. So that's off to a good start. I highly recommend this podcast to anyone who is even remotely interested in the world of Westeros. I normally listen to them on another platform where I can't leave a written review, but I had to put this out there because Simon and McKelly are awesome. Should I just read that sentence over and over again? I feel like that would <laughs> in your head. for the rest of the head. time. <laughs> okay. I have already read the A Song of Ice and Fire books and was looking for a podcast that would give me a refresher on them in case the series ever gets finished. Aren't we all? The Ghost of Hall podcast has given me so much more than that. Simon and McKelly have great banter and stories that make the podcast entertaining as well as informative. Their effort that goes into making each episode really shows, and I believe they are more prepared and knowledgeable on the Westeros lore than some of the other, in quotes, professional podcasters that I listen to. I was a little worried when I heard Simon's British accent because I sometimes have trouble understanding what people with accents are saying. But after the first few episodes, I realized this podcast is a hidden gem and had to keep listening. I've gotten used to the accent and have no problems understanding Simon. Now I am all caught up and can't wait for that new episode to drop each week. Well, thank you, Abby. That's, that is really nice. That's... Uh... It is. Thank you. Thank you so I'm, much. I'm, I'm glad. She, I'm and, glad she understands me. It's the bit I worry about. <laughs> that makes one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still working on it. <laughs> and and I appreciate that she listens on a different platform, but took the time to yes. go to Apple Podcast to leave this review. That is very thoughtful, especially yeah. nice. All right, let's conclude. Um, so Arya's got to be happy uh, that she was wrong about what the Hound was planning. Because right. now their wishes have aligned with one another, and uh, I'd make the case for him. I'd yeah. say he's a brutal murderer, but he's looked after me. <laughs> if you gloss over <laughs> that part, <laughs> uh, you know, she'll probably be more helpful to him and make less attempts to kill him True. now that she knows <laughs> that they have the True. same goals in the end here. So, and I mean, maybe she can get what she wants both ways. Look. Rob, keep him in your service. Just put him at the front of every battle. I mean, every battle, right at the front. <laughs> every battle. <laughs> Would he be a good fit in King Rob's service? I don't know. I don't know. Some kind of something like a King's Guard might be good, where you don't have too many people to interact with. Right. Yeah. He's done some terrible things. Both witnessed. You know, we saw him kill Micah and claimed he's told Sansa about all the women and children and people that he's killed. Uh, but he was within a morally bereft outfit, a.k.a. the Lannister organization. And as we all know, the company culture starts at the top. So would he be better behaved under King Rob? <laughs> he, he did tend to have more morals than the others around yes, him. Yes, he did. He, he absolutely did. You know? That's one of the reasons he left King's Landing. Is because yes, he is actually more moral than most of them. And another phrase that I absolutely believe is, you are who you hang around with. 
So, yeah. you know, he hung around with those Cretans and he, <laughs> you know, maybe behaved that way. So, you know, maybe he'll hung, hang around Rob and he'll see, oh, this is the way that I should be doing things. I don't know. Or maybe it won't work yeah. out like that at all. I don't so know. What was the point of this chapter, McKelly? That's what I'm still curious about. I mean, just to learn where the Hound was taking Arya, we already guessed it because we knew the truth. Arya had no way of guessing it, but we did. We had all the clues before us and it was pretty obvious to us. We do right. need to see that he isn't mistreating her, I guess. Yes, right, right, right. But it feels like it could have been a couple of paragraphs at the beginning of another chapter to me. I mean, that... It That's kind of how the TV right. show did it. I mean, it was like a three-minute scene where she starts sulking, and by the end, she's sort of glancing back at him, like, "Have I misjudged you?" Sort of thing. That could that might have yeah. worked. That might have done the trick. Yeah. So the chapter consists of crossing a river, riding in rain, and learning that they're going to the twins and not King's Landing. So, as you said, there's not a, a great deal of need for this chapter. I think maybe the whole thing is kind of like one big metaphor, like crossing the river is a metaphor for them. Oh, you think coming to common ground and understanding uh, after a tumultuous start? Is it also no. a is it also a turning point in Arya's journey that she's until she got across that river she's been this lone wolf, but now she can perhaps return to the fold? Oh, maybe sure. She's she's on the northern side of the right. trident, closer toward her home and her family yeah. but they have plenty in common you know they both have issues with older siblings one way worse yes. than the other uh, both want to kill the mountain yes so there's that they they can bond over that um both blunt and often brutally very honest true, very true except for to ferrymen and uh <laughs> and as, as far as the short term goes they both want the same thing to yeah. reunite aria with her family. So, uh, but I wonder, can Arya ever forgive killing Micah? I, I will say that, um, not not to spoil that they're going to be together for a little while. Obviously, they're going to be together for a little while. They've got to get to the twins. But um, every scene with Maisie Williams and Rory McCann was terrific. You know what I mean? Because cause they are two sort of like feisty characters and sort of put them together and right. act them well. And you can have a good time. And so uh, they were they were fun as a duo. For as long as they are a duo, I'm not saying it's a ton of time or a right. short time. <laughs> Just like Maisie Williams and uh, Char- is it Charles, Charles Dance. Dance there, yeah, in fact, yeah. They had some. Great some of it is just what a great all. character Arya is, of course. I mean, I mean, not to right. belittle yes. what Maisie Williams did, but I mean, she was just Arya's a great character. But yeah, she she had yeah. she had really good on screen presence with the really good other actors. She was she she right. they were always good together. And I think maybe one of the primary points, and you may have already mentioned this, uh, of this chapter is to establish a relationship between the Hound and Arya, just kind of starting to get this relationship down on paper and exposed to us. And, you know, we saw how the Hound interacted with Sansa. We often thought maybe he was infatuated by her grace, her courtliness, her refined nature, unique toughness and, and beauty. And, and now, hopefully, we'll get to see how he interacts with the other sister, who is none of those cut things. much more from the same cloth <laughs> as he is. <laughs> so, I'm getting excited about this wedding now. Everybody's heading to the twins yes. for it. It's going to be fun. Uh, we were worried that Arya wouldn't make it in time for the wedding. So, if they hustle, she still might get to be a, a flower girl after all. Nice. Where are we going next? 
Next, we're going to stop in, uh, we're going to head north a little bit and check in on John. John, who last time we saw and, him, he uh, was uh, he was betraying uh, Ygritte he, and then riding off bareback into the night. On an old horse, and I'll say that old horse is in bad shape, but John is in worse okay. shape. Okay. So we'll have to see whether he makes it back to Castle Black in time to warn his brothers about the wildlings being on the southern side of the wall. There's three ways that you can help us. Uh, first, you could leave us a positive review like Abby did. They are the best thing for spreading the word. You can buy some merchandise at ghostofharrenhall.threadless.com or you can buy a cup of Arbor Gold at buymeacoffee.com slash ghostharrenhall, become a sustainer at the Lord Paramount or Knight of the Realm level and get the benefits therewith. Or now, of course, there's a fourth way. You can just make a donation at our Buzzsprout website. The link is in the show notes. That it is. And of course... You can always reach us at ghost.heronhall at gmail.com, but you can also follow us on Twitter at ghostheronhall. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Discord, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.